0: Welcome to the Radiant Life Podcast. I am your host, Tatiana Kuto, and I am a master mindset coach, and I am obsessed with empowering you to live and create your best life possible. If you are looking to uplevel your mindset, life, happiness, and success, then you are in the right place. My goal with this podcast is to help you see the potential within yourself, to be able to break the limiting beliefs and habits that are holding you back, and to help you feel inspired to get clear with who you are in order to create the life you desire. Thank you so much for listening. Now let's get into today's episode. Hello loves and welcome to the Radiant Life Podcast. I am so excited that you're here and listening and to get this episode out to you because there is so much valuable information that I think the whole world needs to hear. Today's episode, I got the privilege to interview Zavi D who is a master communication coach and he shares not only his story of how he became a better communicator in his life but he gives so many tips and insights on how you can become more aware of yourself to then better communicate with those in your life because let's be real you guys communication is probably the number one key In life on being successful and being happy and fulfilled whether that's with your relationships your boss your family your friends we need to communicate right and he really shares how we can tap into that and express our desires and needs in a respectful loving way it is so powerful we also both share some insights and some of our stories hoping it helps you as well so i'm just gonna let you get into it i hope you enjoy if this episode touches you if you gain value from it please share it with someone else, and let's get into today's episode. Enjoy. All right. Hello, and welcome back to the Radiant Life Podcast. Today's episode, I am getting to interview Zavi, who is a master communication coach. And we met, we met in person a little over, no, like almost a year ago to, to like the week, right? At the retreat.
1: I would imagine almost to the week, which is pretty wild. That is Um, so crazy. (laughs) That's nuts. I love it.
0: Yeah. So Zavi and I were in the same business mentorship program and you've grown a lot and I'm having him on here to share his story, help you guys learn a little bit more on communication skills, the importance of it, and who knows where this conversation will take us. So welcome. I'm so happy to have you on the podcast
1: uh Tati thank you for having me I'm super super stoked to dive in and uh yeah it's been a season of growth to say the least so (laughs) I had to dive into what that represents and of course how that all relates
0: yes I would love for you to share we both just moved so we are we're like in new environments new households and it's fun but it's a little hectic so I feel that For um so let's start with just sharing with the listeners like who you are what you do and how you got to here, doing what you're doing now.
1: Yeah, hundred percent. So, uh, as Tati affectionately introduced me, I'm Zavi D. I'm, a, I guess, self-proclaimed Stoke Lord and communication coach. Um, I coach stoked entrepreneurs in the art of masterful communication to create clarity in their personal and professional endeavors. Uh, And that is an extension of my journey, having been surrounded with incredibly dysfunctional communication dynamics, violent communication dynamics, uh, growing up in some very interesting household situations myself. Mm -hmm. And the end result of that is communication coaching and the lessons I learned from that journey.
0: Yeah, I love that. I think communication is key to every relationship, whether it's like intimate boss, like if we don't communicate properly, like. We're, we're getting nowhere and I can personally say I don't I in my past did not have the best communication skills either and I used a lot of emotion so I'm I'm excited to dive in so did you know that this is what you wanted to do from the get-go or kind of like how did you transition into realizing like this is my purpose to help others communicate better
1: uh, yeah I would say absolutely I did not know from the beginning <laughs> that this is what I was meant to do Uh, nor did I know that this was a skill I had um, Mm. which is really interesting to consider I started the journey as an entrepreneur and I got into personal development and growth when I was 14 and the etiology of that journey was indeed entrepreneurship and starting your own businesses and I didn't truly start my own business until I dropped out of college and I moved back home to San Francisco Uh, That was truly when everything I'd done from a personal growth standpoint started to manifest tangibly. And the irony of that is that uh, it wasn't until I started to work with clients, and this was from a personal training and holistic lifestyle coaching point of view, that I realized I had a gift for communicating. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't until I started posting on social media and sharing my truths, et cetera, et cetera, that people, you know, started to give me those compliments and illuminated an underlying skill I didn't know I had. Uh, so kind of ironic that a lot of gifts that you have, you don't really realize or reckon until uh, you are reflected uh, that gift back from somebody else or they give you a compliment, um, and say, Hey, you could really do this in a, in a major way, but yeah, communication coaching took a while to get to, and it, it involves quite a few years of, of holistic health coaching, which I still do. Um, and, um, Yeah. I I would say that when you bring it full circle, it's it's one of those funny things where you don't have any concept of how it's going to turn out. You just know that you need to do it. And uh, here we are.
0: Yeah. I love that. It's like trusting yourself and knowing that we will never know the final destination. There is no final destination. We're constantly growing and evolving our gifts and our skills every day. And it's kind of similar. Like me, I didn't, you know, I started as a health coach. Now I do life and mindset coaching, right? You know, I didn't think I would do that back in my engineering days. Um, what, so you, you said you dropped out of college and how just, cause I know that this is a topic that a lot of people consider or they fear, like, how did you make that decision and overcome that? What, I'm assuming there's, I assumed there was a fear, excuse me. Um, how did you make that decision and trust yourself into, you know, starting your own business and following more of like what maybe your intuition or heart was telling you?
1: Yeah, that's an interesting question. Um, the semester prior to dropping out, I was incredibly depressed. I was in a living situation that could not have been more dysfunctional. Uh, we, well, first of all, freshman year, we partied the whole time. So we went, <laughs> hardly went to class. Our GPAs were dog shit, which meant that the best living situation we could acquire for our sophomore year was uh, a quad. So it was worse than our freshman oh, No, It was really, really gnarly. And uh, un- unfortunately, because we didn't have the best living situation, and one of our friends with whom we were meant to live dropped out of school that i guess you could say the summer before sophomore year uh, we acquired uh, a roommate (laughs) that was previously kicked out of i don't know how to say this he was kicked out of a previous living situation with which (laughs) we were involved and he just happened to be a straggler that got thrown in
0: that's funny
1: which you know neither here nor there Uh, So it was a pretty shitty situation. There's a lot of drug use. There's a lot of partying. And again, not very much, uh, not very much community growth expansion. And I felt really depressed. I I didn't sleep. Uh, Lights were always on. It it was really gnarly. So kind of towards the end of that semester, I was texting my dad. I was working at a coffee shop in uh, Cambridge, I was working at a coffee shop in Cambridge, I was texting my dad. I was, you know, kind of like morbid stuff like, I don't want to be here anymore, I hate this. And he was really concerned for me. So, I uh, came home for winter break, uh, smoked a lot of pot as I usually did at that time, and uh, begged him to stay and not go back to school. But I ended up going back to school. And within a couple of weeks, he said, Sava, you're coming home. And I, at the time, I was like, No, dad, I'm really going to double down, I'm going to commit myself to this, it's going to work out. He was like, You're coming home. So. Uh, in a way, it wasn't my choice, and so I came back home. And when you're 19, yes, you're an adult, but at the same time, you're not. So came back home. The only skill I had was being a barista, so I was like, "Well, fuck it, I'll just be a barista." I worked at some really cool coffee shops in San Francisco, and realizing how much that sucked, I said, "Cool, well, I guess it's time to to figure out a different path." And uh, yeah, I, I would say that's the the origin story of entrepreneurship is yeah. like, well, uh, everything else sucks," so. I better find out <laughs> something to do with myself.
0: Yeah. I just love that you touched on that. And I love sharing that because I know for me, when I was in college, like I, I was going through what you went through and I was like, I hate my life and everything. And I just want the listeners hearing, like, if you are not feeling excited about what you're doing or passionate or what you're studying, whether you're in school, you no one, like you do not need to do that. You don't. And it's okay to switch majors. It's okay to drop out of school. It's okay to change jobs and careers. Like it is okay because you're just finding out what you don't like and you're just one step closer to getting on path to who you are and your purpose. So I just wanted to share that because I know a lot of people struggle with those same thoughts um, and emotions. And yeah. so I'm so glad that you were in school, in Massachusetts, because you, you you know where I'm from. You you yeah. feel... <laughs> um, And I remember, so bringing it back into communication, I remember the first time that you were on our mentorship call and I was like, the way this man speaks is so like articulate. And I was just like, so intrigued And I know you weren't really doing communication coaching at the time. So I do love how it does come first circle and you're really owning and embracing like, no, this is what I'm good at. And this is where I can help people with. Um, but you mentioned earlier that, you know, you, you grew up in a, you just grew up in a way of just having a poor poor, poor communis- communication skills, excuse me. Um, When was the turning point of when you started to become a better, more clear communicator?
1: Great question. Uh, I should clarify one thing with that. Yeah. Both of my parents are exceptional communicators, but are also incredibly dysfunctional at the same time. And that dysfunction (laughs) arises when emotion is involved. Mm. Both of my parents are incredibly articulate and uh, well spoken, well read, cultured, if you will, Uh, even though I think that's kind of, doesn't make you a good communicator necessarily. But I noticed the biggest gap in communication was emotional communication or communicating how you're feeling. Mm -hmm. With my dad, we basically spent my whole childhood yelling at each other and not like, I'm really mad at you, really mean, nasty fucked up shit that I would say and he would say that no parent or no child should ever say to each other. Mm -hmm. Uh, But really, really, really fucked up shit. Uh, My sister is also bipolar and borderline. So there's no filter to her emotional communication. So I thought my dad and I were bad. Imagine being in a household where uh, there is absolutely no filter to what you have to share. Uh, And everything is triggering and upsetting and there's fury, right? Mm -hmm. It's intense and it's very, very challenging to be around. And as a result of that, I saw a huge gap. And so in the process of starting at 14, uh, personal growth and development gave me an outlet to do the emotional work that allowed me to communicate with greater grace. It wasn't really until I was about 21, 22 that I learned to do that succinctly. Um, and I learned to do it with my parents to dress all of our shit, which is, Hey, uh, uh, instead of, uh, you're really distant and I hate you for that. I feel deeply abandoned. And I feel like the way that you treated me reflected that you didn't care about me.
0: Uh,
1: that's a big difference or, um, it, you know, this is something my dad and I have chatted about many times, but, uh, while you claim to love me unconditionally, the way that you treat me isn't commensurate with that. And that leaves me feeling a lack of trust and safety in our bond. That's very different than fuck you, I hate you, right?
0: Yeah, that's so much more deeper, more, more effective.
1: Right, getting to the point. So uh, I, I should preface all of communication work with saying it's not easy. And it can be incredibly challenging to speak your truth and be honest. But after a certain point of time, uh, my mentor says, the deeper you go on the path, the deeper the meaning of life becomes. The deeper you go into communication, the deeper truths you speak. Mm. And uh, that's hard. It's not easy.
0: Yeah, it is not easy. I really, really, you know, to your childhood, I, I, would lash out as well. And my emotions would make me see, say the most cruelest things. And it's sad. It, you know, where we're not taught to express our emotions as children we're just we're not right. So you you got into personal development at 14. That's a very young age. I didn't even know what personal development was at 14 who introduced you to that. How did you get in into it?
1: Yeah. Um, really fun story. Uh, Again, a period of depression and sadness in my life. I was morbidly obese. I just quit playing baseball, which was my true first love. I wanted to be a professional baseball player more than anything. And I I quit playing baseball. And I felt this release of pressure, but I also felt completely uh, absent of purpose and apathetic. So my dad and I were in New York. My dad is an antique dealer. He has a pretty extensive background with connections all around the world. And, uh, early on in my childhood, he had befriended a guy named Michael Bruno who founded uh, the company called first dibs, which is kind of like the premier purveyor of antiques and fine art, uh, online. And, uh, Michael Bruno is incredibly successful, um, beyond successful. And we had dinner with Michael because every time we were in New York, that happened. Uh, and so that night, Michael introduced me to the book, think and grow rich, which was the, uh, etiology of, of his success and his journey. And he was actually featured in the, uh, think and grow rich movie that came out a couple of years ago. Um, but wow. his story is pretty profound. He's like, uh, he, he basically read the book when he was about 19 and began his journey of entrepreneurship, got into realty, was one of the most successful realtors in the Bay area, and then started his journey with fine arts and antiques founded First DIDs, and then sold out to a venture venture capital firm some, you know, 10 years later for, hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars. So very cool. Absolutely crushed it. But Michael is a very inspiring individual and also very well articulated. Mm-hmm. Introduced me to the concepts of the book and basically said, you can do absolutely anything you want uh, so long as your thoughts and actions align with that, right? So that began my journey. And it was like, well, shit, I guess I can do a lot of things here.
0: Yeah, for sure. That That's so powerful when you become aware I and mean, that's why we're coaches because we became aware you know at some point too of like we create our reality through our words our actions and our thoughts and oh that's powerful i I wish i knew that at 14 <laughs> it took me a little bit longer but we're here now and if, hold, those of are listening i hope that read that book thinking of rich by napoleon hill it's phenomenal so such a great book um i love his book outwitting the devil i don't know if you read that one
1: not yet but there are a few of his that i need to read
0: yeah. Listen to that one. Everybody like hands down, listen to Outwitting Devil. It's powerful, but cool. Well, I love that. So I I'm interested when, when you work with clients, what, how, how do I word this? How do you, or how can someone know if they're actually being a good communicator or not? And I, I say this, cause like there's moments where I just realized in my own life, Uh, I I believe I am a good communicator to an extent, but there are some people or situations where I'm not, and I maybe get timid with speaking the truth. Right. So like, how, is there any signs? Is there anything that you can share that can bring awareness to people like, oh, maybe I'm not actually an effective communicator and maybe I should work on this. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah. I think there's this great idiom that's relevant. Uh, If you ever find yourself questioning, am I a narcissist? You're not a narcissist. (laughs) <laughs> Likewise, if you ever find yourself questioning, am I a good communicator? You're probably a pretty decent communicator. People who are not never ask the question. So if you're listening to this podcast and you go, am I a good communicator? You're probably pretty decent and have some work to do as we all do, but you're not terrible.
0: I love that. Uh,
1: if you're super defiant and you hear this and you say, I'm a great communicator. He doesn't know what he's talking about. Probably a good time to reflect and maybe go, I think I have a lot of shit to work on here. <laughs>
0: That that was a good thing for me. I forget what I was thinking the other day, and I'm like, "Oh my God, am I am I like this?" But you just you just helped me calm that down. But <laughs> <laughs> um, so what would you say are like practical tips for for those who want to begin working on just being more effectively communicators in their lives? Like, are there tips? Are there like you know a couple things that people can start implementing today to be able to know that they're actually affecting like communicating effectively with those around them and speaking in a way that others can understand what they're trying to say.
1: Yeah. This is a really hard question for me to answer because it came so naturally to me, Mm. Um, but there are a few things to consider. One, uh, when you begin to communicate, it is so important to pause, consider the emotional background of what you're speaking from and then proceed. Mm. So if you are triggered angry, upset, identify the emotion first. I'm feeling angry. Cool. Explore that narrative. What does it mean to you to be angry? What are you angry about? Um, as you do that, you'll often find that there are many layers to anger. Uh, if you've read the book Power Versus Force, or you're familiar with like David Hawkins' works, uh, mm-hmm. there are different levels of consciousness and anger is above sadness, guilt, shame, et cetera. Usually any emotion that you're feeling is called secondary emotions uh, are related to primary emotions. Those primary emotions in my mind are shame, guilt, and fear. Hmm. So if you're feeling angry, upset, frustrated, it's likely uh, an extension of this root of feeling ashamed, guilty, or afraid of something. That's a good place to start. Secondly, once you're familiar with that process, And you take more time to do it within yourself. Uh, Before you even start speaking it to somebody else, be able to track in your mind and lay out the path by which those emotions occur. Okay, cool. I'm feeling really, really jealous of a dude that I see at the gym who's way stronger and way physically bigger than me. Cool, jealousy. Uh, How does that make me feel? makes me feel inadequate. Cool, I feel inadequate because I'm smaller. What's the, you know, kind of the deeper layer of of inadequacy or where does that inadequacy come from? Uh, It comes from the shame, guilt, and fear that I have um, around feeling that I'm not my best. Mm. Cool, I'm familiar with that, great. Uh, What's the deeper truth beneath that? Mm. If I really sit with that, I would probably say that I'm afraid of acknowledging my worth, cool. Mm. Am I jealous of the dude who has huge biceps and veins? No. I'm afraid of acknowledging my work. When you converse with somebody and you take that into a conversation, step three would be, hey, nice to meet you, dude. Can I share something? Sure. I'm really jealous of how big you are. Okay, weird, but I don't know. All right, whatever. Can I tell you why? Yeah, sure, why? Because I feel incredibly insecure and afraid of acknowledging my own worth and how fit I've been. For me, it's like how fit I've become. Uh, I don't know why you're telling me that, but thanks. Cool. Yeah, you bet. Now translate that to an intimate relationship or translate that to a business relationship. That's when the emotional exploration and communication starts is when you can start communicating that track of this is the emotion, this is the root.
0: That is so powerful. I, I, I love the example because we easily can get jealous of other people or, or just anything. We feel an emotion and we think a thought, but really that's not actually the root the actual issue. Most of it is everyone blames everybody else and points the finger when really there's three pointing right back at us. And it's what we're meant to look for and be like, okay, what's actually going on within me? What do I feel? What do I think? But the way you just effectively communicated that, that's powerful. It's funny because in a book I'm reading um, the fourth sequel to the Silicine Prophecy, they're actually mentioning, you know, we will all be at a more conscious level and we can all consciously communicate with everyone. Right. And that's just speaking your truth and just saying what you have to say instead of lying or fibbing or just, you know, so pretty much what you just said, like going up to that guy and being like, Hey, you make me feel like this. And this is because of that. Like you're just being, your so true, authentic self, like that that's hard to do. Right. So how, yeah. how would, Oh, sorry. Did you want to add something?
1: No, just agreeing.
0: How would you, like that's scary. It's scary to speak our truth in emotional situations to people. Like how would you, how do you recommend us speaking our truth in intense situations like that? Or maybe that that's not intense, but when we are in an intense situation or any situation really?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. Um, first is reps. You got to get it in somehow you have to start somewhere. Uh, And the place to start is with yourself. Having an inner dialogue doesn't make you a psychopath. It makes you incredibly aware. Or said in another way, uh, to be crazy in an insane world is the highest compliment, right? To communicate with yourself in a world where nobody communicates with themselves is a sign of maturity, not a sign of illness, as it were. So talking to yourself out loud, speaking to yourself, uh, listening to the inner narrative, my thing is... You may know this having been on the retreat, or you can ask Lissa; she's very familiar with this. I put a pillow over my head and I just sit there and I feel, and I think, and I let things come in. I get familiar with them. Cool, take the next step. So starting with yourself is super important and it's primarily the thing that we're afraid of. We're afraid of ourselves, we're not afraid of other people. Once we're comfortable with that, cool. I've confronted that demon. I've confronted that thing that's within me, that that challenge or that that obstacle. Cool. What's the next step? Uh, Try speaking it out loud. Try speaking it out loud to yourself as if you're standing in the mirror and the person you see there was somebody else. Cool. Step two. Uh, Step three, try it with a real person. Uh, And that's where it gets really, really scary for a lot of people. But The invitation here is that you're not really afraid of how somebody's going to react. You're afraid of the power you have within you. Uh, The power that is so strong, the power that is so deep that if you were to be rejected, unacknowledged, pushed away, you'd still be whole. And uh, that's something I deal with every day. I'm not saying this because I'm perfect. It's something that I literally die unto every day because it's the deepest truth I know the deepest truth there is. Um, That's kind of the overall theme, as I just described. And then that three-step process
0: is where I start. I love that. That is so powerful. And it, it just, it just brings me back flashbacks. I used to do mirror exercises and I want to do them now just with the chapter I'm in, because I think that when you can see yourself and speak to yourself in the mirror is when you can accept yourself a little bit more and accept the truths or the emotions that are within you. Right.
1: Without a doubt. Yeah. Uh, Go ahead, please.
0: Oh, no, no. Yeah. Like, and I mean, this is what I'm assuming you help. I mean, I help women too, like be able to find their voice and accept it to then speak it so they can embrace their radiance hint, hint, but like really embracing who they are and not being affected if, you know, others um, reject them or think they're crazy because they're so whole within themselves. And I just think that, that, that three-step exercise is really powerful. And it make it was a great confirmation for me that I'm not crazy for talking to myself all day, every day, because you're just, you're calling me more aware. So I'm happy that you just (laughs) said that. Right. 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 (laughs) Sometimes Um, I'm like, oh my God, (laughs) we totally
1: get freaked out by it because it's so abnormal. Right. And Typically, we don't have functional role models to show us this behavior.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: We typically grow up in households where silence is a virtue or silence, yeah. is, silence is a form of communication or the standard. Mm. Or sometimes as, as the opposite for me, it was a combination of silence and violence. And uh, not necessarily physical, but certainly uh, communicatively violent or, or violent communication was the standard. And if that's the case, you probably have a pretty conflicted heart around safety. What's safe? Usually your family of origin and their value system. And if that's safe, it's a lot harder to discover something on your own, which is why anybody who's in the process of creating family, raising a family, working on themselves in an intimate relationship has the task of working out these dynamics in the name of greater harmony. Otherwise, whatever you pass on, whether it's through friends or children, that standard is going to be the way that other people communicate with you or your children communicate in the world. Ooh. And if you can't address that, then you have generational trauma and dysfunction that repeats.
0: <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I tell all my clients, I say, I swear our generation is here to heal generational trauma because yeah. I believe all of us are waking up. We're becoming more consciously aware. And I, I believe, like you said, we're breaking the patterns of our parents and society and so on and so forth. But do do you find working with clients or speaking with people that there is a trend or um, just like a, what's it called? The common denominator around those that, you know, can communicate. I don't want to say better or not, but like, I don't know if that makes sense. Like, do you find women have more trouble or more or they are better communicators or I don't know if that makes sense. I don't even know what I'm asking. Um, you get what I'm saying though? Just to see, yeah. like, do you notice that? Or is it just completely, everybody is different.
1: Yeah. Uh, that's a really great question. I want to, uh, table that for just a sec and, uh, finish one thought that I had around that generational trauma as a segue. Yeah, of course. What I just bookmarked, uh, there's a quote by a gay, uh, a gay, <laughs> maybe he's gay. Who he knows, um, by a guy named, I believe his name is Terry Rawl and he's a psychotherapist. And I heard him on uh, the Peter Tia podcast, which is primarily like functional medicine and health, but he was speaking about generational trauma and his dad was really abusive. And he says generational trauma uh, proceeds from generation to generation like a forest fire. And until the brave individual rises from the flames with the courage to face the flames, that generational trauma will repeat from person to person at infinite time. And I, I, I think
0: bumps. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: it's really fucking powerful. Uh, and the caveat to that, or maybe the silver lining is that we forget that the gifts that our family of origin and our ancestors share with us are the key to facing the flames. So if it wasn't for my parents' communication or emotional intelligence or the pain and the trauma that I experienced, I would never have had the chance to face the flames.
0: Wow. That was really powerful. And I just want to add before you go into the next five ways that if you're working on healing, bettering yourself, if you're listening to this, I, I know you probably are. I know it's hard. And I know you may have thoughts of like, is this worth it? Like, what am I doing? Like I am going against the norm or my parents, like, just like he said, keep going because you're healing the generational trauma for your family to come and you're, you heal it from the past as well. I believe when you heal it now, you heal it from your parents or grandparents and your children and future grandchildren. Um, and just to give yourself kindness and props because doing this work is not easy. And it is hard and it is heavy. And to always just make sure, you know, you have a community and support because you're never alone. And yeah, this is, it's hard. So I just wanted to add that in.
1: Yeah, please. And I think a lot of us try to do it alone. And that's, that is the number one mistake you can make. Uh, And what I'll segue to, which is, you know, the patterns I see with different people and the way they communicate is trying to do it alone. Uh, we can say male or female. That's one of the biggest things that we try yeah. because there's this badge of, again, the shame and guilt, right? Um, uh, the shame and guilt of if I, I'm responsible for the trauma, therefore I'm the only one who can solve it. And that's not true. Without yeah. a support network, a coach, a mentor, somebody to help you. Uh, I certainly wouldn't be here. Yes. My family was helpful, but without my mentors, you know, Paul check Jator Pierre, um, Jason Ganzuk, I wouldn't have the opportunity to be here or or be able to communicate this. So, thanks, Tati, for that.
0: No, I love that, and I wanted—I wanted to just add because I've had this conversation with people and clients before. When we talk about trauma, there's different levels of trauma. We all have trauma, right? A parent's divorce is traumatic. That's trauma, and so on and so forth. They're not hearing the words "I love you" from your parents, like that. That plays a big role in who you are today. And when, when, when you're doing the work of healing or or digging deep or breaking the patterns, I just want to let you know that it's not you saying your parents were wrong or they were bad parents or they fucked up or like they're bad people. No, like you're just healing because they did the best that they could with what they had. And maybe they didn't do exactly what they wanted or it, it hurt you in a way that they have no idea. So don't allow healing trauma or overcoming all of these, you know, obstacles. Don't, how do I say that? Like, don't think that that's going to like insult your parents. If you have a great relationship with them by doing that work and healing it, because does that make sense? Does that make sense to you, Zombie?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I I think maybe a layer that you're referring to is one of the greatest fears is we have uh, the sense of abandoning other people if we progress. Mm -hmm. And uh, subconsciously that's registered as I'm repeating the trauma because a lot of this is abandonment wounds, right? So somebody might've been physically present for you. It doesn't mean that they're emotionally present. Um, so if we say, I'm going to progress now, look at this and step into a new way of being, well, guess what? Subconsciously we think, I'm abandoning the people that I love. And that's not necessarily true. It may be the greatest act of love that you ever step into.
0: Oh yeah, but being able to heal and better yourself. You inspire others to do that work themselves. Right. And I, I for sure know that with my friends and my parents doing the work I did has opened their eyes into what they could heal and work on themselves. So I love that. Yeah. You're not abandoning. You're not. Yeah. I love that. So when you bring it back to the three steps that you brought up and like, say people are now better effectively communicating, maybe some others aren't when they're communicating aren't receptive or they're kind of crossing a line or like, what would you say, how is a good way to like respect these, like these boundaries or having healthy boundaries and limits when it comes to these communication, because like communicate communicating with other people?
1: Uh, yeah, I, I think one of the policies that, listen, I use really well is that when either one of us becomes disrespectful or rude, we pause. Mm. You have a choice in that moment to escalate the tension or de-escalate the situation. Uh, when you do not properly implement those techniques, you will almost always devolve back to those core emotions of shame and guilt. And you cannot, the irony is you cannot communicate these things without a higher perspective.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You cannot communicate shame and shame and guilt without some degree of anger. You cannot communicate anger without some degree of empathy. And if you devolve back to the shame and guilt, you're just going to exacerbate the same root causes that are causing the tension in the first place.
0: Mm, That disconnect. Yeah, that disconnect, right? For sure. so you, you bring up Lissa a lot. And I just want to share with the listeners. This is Lissa who I've also met from our amazing business mentorship who, oh, you guys are love stories. So cute. Oh my goodness. They met at the retreat in person and they just like fell in love since then. And I love <laughs> Lissa. Um, oh, yeah. You guys are amazing. So I know a lot of listeners are in relationships or they desire relationships and maybe their previous ones did not have great communication. Do you have any like go-to habits or tips that you and Lissa have implemented in your relationship outside of the pause one uh, to just build a better communication and a stronger relationship overall?
1: Yeah, this is really interesting. And I appreciate you bringing that out. Shout out to Scotty. Yeah. Uh, one of the things that we do very well is when there's tension, we don't try to necessarily communicate the resolution, but we communicate the tension. So, one of the barriers to communication is we think, shit, I have to come up with something like really well spoken or, or really synthesized before there can be resolution or conversation. And we're just afraid to point out the elephant in the room. So, one of those communication keys is, hey, there's a lot of tension between us today. Or, hey, I'm feeling really angry right now. Okay, cool. Likewise, I'm feeling really excited. Because this doesn't only apply to negative emotions. It applies to positive emotions well. And typically speaking, we have the same dysfunction with positive emotions as we do negative emotions. So listen, I first and foremost, we pause, we name the tension or we name the root if we can, not always. Um, Secondly, this is something that I'm working on and Liz has taught me a lot about, time and place. An impeccable sense of timing makes you a great communicator. There's a time and a place for a deep conversation and a time and a place to say, hey, can we chat about this later? My standard coming into the relationship is we talk about everything openly all the time. Yeah. Her standard was, we don't say anything. We just wait. And if it's not nagging us in a couple of days, then we don't say anything. Cool. There's a lot of balance there because when we first moved in together, we were in Chattanooga. I was like, well, let's let's have this conversation in the middle of the day. She was like, no, I'm working. I was like, yeah, but then we're just going to be awkwardly passive to each other the rest of the day. Can't do that. She's like, we also can't interrupt the flow of work. I'm like, well, fuck, which one do you choose? Choose both, right? Cool. I'm feeling uh, like I really need your attention today. Okay, cool. I can't give you to that. Uh, I can't give that to you right now. I can later. How's 6.30 PM? Sounds great. I'll hold on my shit until then.
0: I I love that. I love that because I'm like you, if I'm, if I'm sad or angry, I'm like, we're talking about it now and we're hashing it out. And sometimes I don't give people the heads up. Um, and I just want to add what I was talking to a client today was like the three T's when having these conversations, which is, you know, your tonality. Well, I should have said time was the first one, like scheduling out time. Like you just said, like, okay, I can't do it right now. Let's do it later today. Um, time tonality, like how your, your energy, With that, like you said, if someone says something really rude, pausing um, and turf, I don't know about what if you have anything to say on this, but I realized like maybe not in the bedroom or you know what I mean? Like you don't want to have a really deep, hard conversation in the bedroom and then you guys go like, you know what I mean? Like go on a walk, sit out at a park, go sit out on your porch, go in the kitchen. I don't know. I feel like your location can play a big role. Um, So I just wanted to add those tips as well, because it it just kind of flowed with what you just shared.
1: Beautifully said. Yeah. Timing place, right? If you uh, can change your emotional state just by changing your posture, you can sure change the tonality and timing of a conversation based on your environment. Mm. That's really important. Likewise, maybe one of the cool sleep hacks I came across uh, in my health coaching journey is you don't work in your bed. Your bed is for sex and sleeping. Yeah. Your office is for your work. That's key. Otherwise, when you go to sleep, your body registers that as work mode,
0: right? Yeah. That's actually a habit I never really got into. So I'm so glad I didn't. Yeah. Right. Super good. Uh, oh no, that was so good. And oh, you, I just had a thought and I totally just blanked out. Oh no. If it comes to me, it will come. It's not coming. So no, I'm sorry. <laughs> <You did that. laughs> You talked about, okay, no, we're just, okay. You know what, God, if you want me to say it, say it. But if not, we're not going to do it. But, um, oh, I remember. Thank you. Um, <laughs> I hope you guys are laughing with me. This is how my brain works. But I just want to share, like, these tips are so amazing. And even though I've had insight and, and Zavi has amazing insight, because this is obviously what he does, don't put the pressure on yourself. Because if I'm being open and honest here, I I am a good communicator, and I realized I was neglecting a communication in a specific relationship and friendship of my life. And those three T's, I just like really learned this or last week. Like I just I like finally grasped that, and those three T's were able for me to like actually realize this. So I just want to share this because just because we're coaches does not mean we're perfect. It does not mean we don't get in arguments with family or friends or relationships. And we're always growing and evolving. And I just want to share that because I just know sometimes when we listen to, you know, experts or, or people who you look up to, we can put ourselves down or we can be like, oh my God, I'm not good enough. I'm not as good as they are X, Y, Z, or they're perfect. Their relationships. They must never fight because they're amazing communicators. That's not the case. We're human. And I really just wanted to add that in there because- I know when I hear those I look up to be open and honest like that, like it makes me feel more human and like, okay, we're good. It's okay if I get in a fight with my sister, my mom or boyfriend, whatever, right?
1: Yeah, hundred percent. Listen, I have at least one to two moments of disagreement every day, regardless (laughs) of what mood we're in. And each and every one of those is why we're great. It's not the obstacle. And that's something I've said to her in our communication to myself, to clients, the things you think are in the way of where you want to be as a communicator or as a coach or as an individual, professional, whatever, are the gateways to where you want to go. And so long as you have a defiant or uh, ignorant relationship to them, you can't recognize the gift they're in, mm. And they will hold you back because you're putting them there as obstacles and not ladders to the next level.
0: Oh, that was powerful. Yeah. We learn as we go, right. We're meant to learn these lessons. We all learn lessons, you guys. And if we don't learn them, we're going to repeat them and we all do it. So yeah, just take it as learning in ladders. I love that. And thank you for being honest and sharing that with you. And you guys have very strong personalities. So it happens, you guys, it's normal. We're, we all have different models of the world. We're all raised differently. So it happens. Um, awesome. Is there, so you, I I forgot to ask you this in the beginning, but you help stoked entrepreneurs, stoked communication. I'll, I'll have you share in a second here where they can find you. But what does stoked mean to you? And how did you find <laughs> that? How did you? Yeah. Like, where did that come from?
1: Yeah. So uh, I grew up in California. Like the stoked lifestyle is very much surfing, chilling, having bonfires, eating super fire California burritos. It's very much like a, uh, it's a way of life. Uh, and it really came to be my buddy turned me on to this podcast, the Chad and JT podcast. Uh, and the whole concept is these two comedians who basically speak in stoked language, like "What up stokers. <laughs> I just, I'm feeling super bronze today. And I just felt like the guy over at Erewhon was a total renob, renob is like their term for like an asshole, which is boner spelled backwards. It's like a total <laughs> renob. And like, it's super, super, super funny. And so I was like, wow, stoked. The thing about this is as deep as the truths as I've presented today are, are powerful and can really change your life. If you don't have a spirit of lightheartedness about this, you will literally succumb to the pressure, as you said, Tati. Mm. So if you if you can find that stoke or that excitement, that passion and that laid back attitude, which is hey, something I need to work on every day, there's a much higher likelihood you're going to get to where you want to go. Mm. Uh, and so living a stoked lifestyle is all about enjoying yourself, loving the journey, savoring it because the irony, and I'll, I'll make this kind of my final point as it were. The irony is that you can become the greatest communicator, the, the best entrepreneur, the most empowered individual that you can be. And you will feel exactly the same as when you began.
0: Oh, damn.
1: <laughs> there is no escaping how you feel. So, I'm super high, high flying uh, aspirant of many things. And I'm going to feel exactly the same way when I'm a super big, rip, jack, organized, disciplined, stoic, alpha, whatever. As are my current goals, as I will when I felt like I was a little young, broken little boy who's trying to figure out life. I feel exactly the same way. How do you want to be? It's how you want to experience your, those core emotions you'll never outrun.
0: Mm, I love that. Wow. Thank you so much. You are dropping so many good. Like you're helping me. I'm like, this is awesome. I love it. <laughs> I, I hope you guys are like, heck, yeah, let's just better communicate so we can better the world. Um, so a few questions that I love to ask my guests is, what's the best advice piece of advice that you've ever been given?
1: Mm. Oh, that's a great question yeah It's the best piece of advice I've ever been given. Yeah. This is the title of a book from one of my mentors that I mentioned him. His name is Matt Kahn. And the title is Everything Is Here to Help You. Just as a mantra, everything is here to help you is a great perspective to encounter all of life's obstacles. And if you read the book, it's it's fairly spiritual. It talks about angels and cool shit that I'm into. And he says one of the things uh, that's most pertinent to, I guess, this conversation is that each and every emotion is here to help you. Each and every Life event is here to help you, and he breaks down each emotion, what it's here to teach you. Each life event, what it's here to teach you. It's the most powerful reframe of everything you could experience.
0: What's the book called?
1: Everything is here to help you.
0: I'm gonna gonna look that up after. Fantastic! (laughs) Yeah, it's really. Um, Because we're talking about books, other than that one, is there any other books or resources that you recommend um, for those listening right now?
1: Uh, For sure. So, in terms of communication, I'm looking at all the books that I have. Um,
0: I'm sorry, you said everything is a resource. Is that the name of the book?
1: Everything is here to help you.
0: Oh my God, I got confused with my question. (laughs) You're good. Um,
1: There's a really great book called Five Stars by Cameron Gaia, who's a Harvard professor about communication. It's not necessarily communication techniques, but it's kind of the trajectory of communication. It's the yeah. only skill or the only, uh, I guess, uh, job title that will never be outsourced. And truly the future of every industry is communication. Yeah, It's pretty much the X factor of, of any business, never or any any industry. That's a really great read. Uh, Orin J. Sofer wrote a book on nonviolent communication. The title I think is quite literally nonviolent communication. Uh, That's really fantastic to discover some techniques to apply. Um, Like I said, everything is here to help you. Um, And then I'm just seeing this one, which I I kind of forgot about. Oh, you know what? That's so funny. It is the book by Orange J. Sofer. It's called Say What You Mean.
0: Oh, cool. (laughs) That's
1: really cool. Um, Yeah, but I feel like I have so many, so, so many to pull from. I would give you those three as a great place to start. Um, and oh man I love just looking over at this bookshelf with like finding gems (laughs) the most powerful psychological reframe book I've ever read is called The Courage to be Disliked
0: oh that sounds powerful it's unreal cool I'm like writing these down because I just add up my Amazon shopping list. Come on, who else does that? <laughs> right. <laughs> awesome. And final question is, what are your top success habits that have really helped you be who you are now and live the best life that you're living at the moment?
1: hundred um, percent. I learned this at the Czech Institute. I think it's just pertinent to, it's cheesy sometimes, but good Lord, it's helpful. Six foundation principles. You know, the three pillars of Stoke Communication are business, relationships, and health. And when it comes to how you show up, if your health is not intact, if you're not taking care of yourself, you honestly have no energy to become a better communicator. So those six foundation principles are moving, thinking, breathing, sleeping, eating. I always forget the fifth one because I like skip over them. yang principles. There are three yin principles. There are three yin, sleep, nutrition, and hydration, yang, breathing, thinking, movement. You can nail those six foundation principles and apply them to your life. You have a much better chance of becoming a better communicator.
0: I love that. I like. I say you can't have a healthy mind without a healthy body. I don't believe in it. So fuel um, your body properly, move it properly. So I love that you did that. Well, thank you so much for being on here. How can those listening um, find you and get in touch with you? Where Where are you hanging out now?
1: 100. Uh, I got a lot of avenues. So uh, Instagram, Stoked Communication is my handle go check out my content there um, linktree uh, will take you to my website uh, it will take you to my twitter account it will take you to my podcast the stoked communication podcast on spotify um, i do have some youtube videos for some previous courses i did under zavi Donabedian, my name on youtube and if you're interested in learning more about like the deep dives that I do with health and the specific health coaching that I offer, you can check me out over at this really cool company called whole being my uh, Instagram is whole being underscores Zabi. And man, I feel like I probably have four more, but I'll leave it at that. It's enough.
0: I'll have you send the links over if you want. And I'll put Definitely. all of the links of how you can get in contact with him in the description box below. But yes, even if you are interested in health coaching, he's your man. He, I don't know if you guys remember if you were following me, but when I hurt my back, over a year and a half ago, I was like, zombie, give me exercises. <laughs> I, <need help." laughs> I was so my hips were so tight. And I do the exercises to this day. I love it.
1: Yeah. I love so, it.
0: So, and no more pain. So, thank you, Sweet. thank you for that. Yeah. Well, thank you so so much for being on here. This was so powerful. Not, I mean, I don't know about you guys listening, but at least it was powerful for me. And I just think that when we can better our communication with ourselves with others we better the world and let's be real you guys the world needs better effective communicators at this time and we know that right um thank you so much for being on here is there any last words that you would like to share before you hop off
1: uh yeah i would say that if there's anybody in the world who's going to save your ass it's you so stop looking for other people to do that uh that is i think the primary dysfunction is that we are we are looking for the key to our salvation in everything, but a ourselves and b our connection to God or our higher source. And if you can nail those two, you have a much better chance of, uh, you know, kind of in biblical terms, salvation, or maybe in spiritual terms, liberation.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: but either way, look to yourself.
0: Was, yeah, I meant that. That was that. Yep, so on key. Drop it there. <laughs> Well, thank you so much for being on here. Thank you guys for listening and we'll see you in the next episode. Peace. Thank you so much for tuning in today. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with me and write an Apple iTunes review so I can keep the good stuff coming your way. If you aren't following me already, you can find me on Instagram at Tatiana underscore Kuto. I appreciate you so much and cannot wait to see you in the next episode. In the meantime, continue to shine bright and embrace your radiance.